Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic, thanks to Bree, is <laughs> Gay Guides Part 2. <laughs> what could have been done in one episode is now being dragged onto two because Bree decided to become Chris Harrison last episode. <laughs> you know what? We got all the time in the world. We're going to be here for years to come. Yeah. You know, at least another 22 years of this podcast, I would anticipate. I would. Yeah, absolutely. So if we have to do gay guides in two episodes. I feel good about 2044 being our last year. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. I hate when you throw out dates because you're a witch. So when you start saying things like that, I'm like, what happens in 2044? Well, I mean, in 2044, you'll have for for most of the podcast, I guess, technically, you'll have a different host because I'll die in like (laughs) a year and a half ish, roughly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you'll continue on. There's going to be a lot of years in honor of Sean. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, well, before we get into gay guides, um, part two, part two, um, I want to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons and a shout out to Aiden, Olivia, Liz and Serena. Thank you so much for being so supportive of this podcast and allowing us to do what we do every week. Um, For anyone listening, if you want bonus episodes, go check out our Patreon. It's linked in our bio of our Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast. And very exciting. We talked about it last week and now it is official Thursday at 7 p.m. PST, which Someone slid in my DMs and was like, I never understand what you mean by PST. Pacific Standard Time. It's a time zone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is it standard? Pacific Standard? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 7 p.m. Um, this coming Thursday. Like, if you're listening to this on Monday, in a few days, we are having our first Zoom patron hangout. It will be a trivia night. We're making a fun little trivia. There will be some I Can Explain podcast questions, some general questions, some gay as hell questions. And it's just going to be fun. We're going to get to chat for a little bit. And anyone who's a patron gets to join. So if you want to jump on that train, go to our Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast and our Patreon. And um, we really, really appreciate all your support. And I'm excited to start doing more stuff like this. Yeah. Sorry, when you said jump on that train, do you ever just think about how wild it is that, like, trains still exist? Yeah, like, what's happening there? Like, sometimes I see a train and I'm like, oh, we're still doing that. You know what really trips me out about trains? Train drivers. Like, the operators sitting in the trains that go, like, they're just on a train, on a rail, and they just go across one way, and then they come back. My question is, like, do we need that anymore? I don't think so. How do we have robots for everything, and we're still using trains with a human at the helm? It trips me out because a guy I went to high school with posted, like, a few years ago that he is now a train operator right and he like sits on the train and drives the train and it trips me it like literally it hurts my brain because i'm like what exactly are you driving because it's on a rail and it's automatic like i don't understand i guess for safety purposes if you had to stop it yeah and i assume like to adjust speed maybe safety purposes but also that just seems weird like you're literally like a security guard for the items on the train like maybe people's hopping on and off like this isn't like fast and furious he's not like he's like up there with a shotgun (laughs) and people are trying to like steal the oil honestly that's uh, that's kind of the only reason i would see him needing to be there i'm like if we have teslas that stop themselves (laughs) without killing pedestrians can't trains do something similar it literally confuses me to my car i got stuck 
uh, behind a train, like at, yeah. at a train crossing a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I honestly was just thinking the whole time, I was like, it's crazy that trains still <laughs> exist. They seem so old timey now. You're like, can you just get out of the way? Like, you're not even relevant. Honestly, anymore. I'm like, pick it up. <laughs> but apparently they're like still a very, um, uh, no, it's very it's very important. Most of our goods are are transported by train. Yeah, more than we'll think. Like how expensive it would be for that amount of like fucking grain or whatever to be in the air. Got to get the grain train. And you can't you can't <laughs> get the boats lots of places. So yeah, trains wow. are. <laughs> So this week's topic is trains. <laughs> I'm glad we got through that. Absolutely. That was good. Um, so, um, just a recap of Gay Guides mm-hmm. Part One. Yeah. Oh, this is an old. Don't worry okay, about I was like, what the actual fuck is no, going on? I'm watching fine. Garage Band right now. And it's tripping me out. Okay. Um, it opened an old file, but it's got it. It's, anyways, um, just a recap of last week's episode. We talked about gay guides and where mm-hmm. that came from is Colton Underwood mm-hmm. ex college football bachelorette contestant and then bachelor yeah came out yeah. and he is getting a show mm-hmm. with Gus Kentworthy as his gay guide and both of them are white masculine presenting gay men yes and also colton's also problematic the restraining order is gone i did read oh, okay about. Interesting. Oh, interesting update okay yeah i don't think that really <laughs> clears him <laughs> no 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 it doesn't yeah but it uh, yeah that that is good to know that it's not a currently standing thing you know what i did read though it said it was i think it said that it was settled privately or like settled out of court or something Got which it. i'm like did he like pay her <laughs> it, it can mean a couple of things I think in those situations, because I have had a friend who's gotten a restraining order for someone before. Yeah. The in my friend's case, it was they settled it privately in the sense of the person was having like a mental break when it was happening, and then got the help, and my friend then felt safe enough to okay to remove the restraining so order. And it, this was like a few years ago and had never had a problem again. So it sounds like it could be something, something similar like that, that maybe during that time frame, she felt like I've tried everything to get him to leave me alone and he's not. So I need this. But then maybe he started leaving her alone kind of naturally. Like maybe he's moved on now with his yep. gayness and everything. So she's like, I don't need this standing. You never know. Fair. Right. Who I knows? mean, here's We're the just thing. Guessing. I've had a lot of mental breaks and I've never stalked someone's family or bugged their car. So a hundred. Oh, <laughs> A thousand percent. That's what I think it comes down to. It's like, at the end of the day, I think there are, you know, clearly he was going through mm-hmm. something. There was very, totally. a, a clear internal yeah, struggle. Totally. Um, but also, that's a level that a lot of people don't reach. <laughs> yes. And I also think there's something to be said for just because you can empathize, and I'm not saying we're empathizing with him in particular, but anyone, you can empathize with anyone going through a mental uh, break or having mental health issues or going through tough things in life or coming out or being in the closet for being gay. Like you can empathize for all those things, but it still doesn't mean the people around them deserve toxic behavior instilled yeah. on it. Right. Like it, it, it's just unacceptable. Um, especially like the bugging the car thing. Cause I can see once again, toxic and not okay, but like showing up to someone's house, like begging from the back, like there's that weird side of our uh, media that weirdly shows that as being somehow romantic, oh like to God. keep trying yeah. and like to just show up on even like the showing like, up outside of a window with a yeah, boom box. Like, like fuck off. That is the thing that's like, or like, you know, you always see in the like old rom-coms, like showing up to the wedding, Wait, I still want to be with you. Like all these things that, like, in real life, are like 
inherently toxic. In and real life, it's like, I paid for this day. This cost me $50,000. Yes. And now maybe I'm going to be in love with you, but I am in debt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that certain things, as much as they're absolutely not okay and toxic, they're like instilled in us from a young age that they're somehow romantic. Yes. Um, but bugging someone's car, I've never seen in a rom-com. Not cute, I not, don't think. I don't think there's many perceived. angles that that comes out cute. No, no. So, so, yeah. So, we talked about that. If you haven't listened to that episode, we get into all of that last episode. But Trust me, we get into that and more because Brie yeah, I, knew I every detail of everything. Bachelor Nation <laughs> Batch expert Nation. in the house. <laughs> so, Brie and I had a conversation separately from the podcast mm-hmm. Where, because this was really pissing me off. Yeah. Like, I think more than you, I think it was really bothering me. I very clearly had. To your core, you were. Yeah. I very clearly had and still have some strong opinions about this. Yes. And I think I finally figured out what it was. Slash is. And we talked about this. Yeah. And my, uh, there could be more to it, but my current understanding of why this bothered me so much. Mm -hmm. Why it, like, hit home so yeah. personally almost. Yeah. yeah, is because growing up, there was kind of this elevated gay male form mm-hmm. that the media and everybody pushes on you, that mm-hmm. this is, like, peak gay. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of gay that everybody loves. Like, this is the kind of gay you should be. Mm-hmm. And the gay that that always is, is a white <laughs> Masculine presenting yeah. gay man. Yes. And that's just like what people for the longest time preached as the pinnacle mm-hmm. of being a gay man. Yeah. And that is something that I put on myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they put it on me, but. Um, yeah. Uh, I put on myself for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I was so unhappy that I wasn't masculine enough. I mm-hmm. was like, I have all these like feminine uh, features and feminine voice and mm-hmm. feminine mas- mannerisms. And that became such like a, a piece of self-hatred for me because yeah. I wanted to be this pinnacle gay male. Yeah. And so it's just frustrating to me that I feel like we've had so many successes and um, uh strives in the right direction Mm -hmm. and then it's like we're just gonna have a show also sorry i don't have covid my allergies are so bad yeah um uh anyways yeah yeah. (laughs) um it's just like frustrating that i feel like we've made so many steps in the right direction Mm -hmm. and then we're just gonna have a show called like or i don't know what it's called but it's gonna be like (laughs) gay guy gus (laughs) and it's like we're still teaching people that this is not the only way to be gay Mm -hmm. but an important way to be gay yes and i I can totally see that being like almost feeling like personal or like triggering to you in a lot of ways because if you grow up thinking you have to fit into a certain mold because that was only a representation provided to you, and then you feel like you've, like, broken through that and, you know, done a lot of, like, self-growth and learning and seen so many people out there fighting for more representation, and then this just feels, like, archaic. It yeah. just feels like it's, like, really, like... Personally, you've worked so hard to break through that. A lot of other folks out there are working so hard to break through that. Um, So it just feels like, oh, we're just going back in time here. Like, what the hell? Yeah, like you said last week, it's that thing that every gay party poster Mm -hmm. is a ripped white guy. Yes. Every, like, from the most part, it's slightly changing, but mostly if they're going to have, like, a gay in a show, that is, it's either the feminine, like, joke gay, or it's, like, the hot 
masculine presenting white gay. 100%. So it's like, it's just so frustrating that I feel like, yeah, we're going in a right direction, but then once again, we're just like, going backwards and like we said last week we can't fully speak to what the show is going to be maybe yeah. they will be taking some of this critique and yeah. maybe they will be taking the fact that there's a petition with like 50,000 signatures yeah. um that this isn't the type of content that we need right now or if this is what you're so focused on mm. making maybe pivot to having some uh more diverse cast yeah totally <laughs> um but yeah, we can't speak to it fully because it doesn't exist. We don't have a synopsis. We don't mm-hmm. have any episodes to judge. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that they came out and we're like, Netflix is going to have a gay guide who's Gus Kentworthy mm-hmm. and Colton Underwood. Like that enough or that is enough for me to be like, mm. 100%. Because a lot of people won't even get to the point of watching it necessarily. They just saw that. So then you see two white muscular gays and you're like okay, in passing, like, that's what it means to be gay or that's what who gets the Netflix shows or whatever it may be. Yeah. I think they did themselves a disservice. I'm hopeful that what happened was, and once again, I don't know, we're doing guesswork right now, but, like, for example, there was a case with a TV show, um, I want to say about a year ago now, was coming out and they announced their cast, and the cast that was announced was two or three white people, and as the leads and then it within the show premise they were talking about diversity so people are like what the actual fuck yeah but the reason that they announced those three people is because they had the biggest names and then there was like six leads who are equally as big characters that they didn't put out in the media that were very diverse and it made no sense it was like a very poor marketing choice absolutely but the reason they did it is because they were just like oh to get interest in the show let's put out the biggest names so terrible maybe put out all the names of the leads yeah (laughs) terrible pr and terrible for a lot of reasons but i'm hopeful that at least the reason they announced gus is not because he is like the sole gay guy yeah but maybe because they were like oh he's a name that people will the thing is know. i'm like if gus kentworthy is the, is the most name. famous name <laughs> no, i don't really I have know. high hopes of <laughs> i know i know i'm, I'm just trying because to it like, could have been like laverne yeah. cox oh yeah uh, you know like huge, Who, yeah. she is way bigger than gus yeah, kentworthy yeah. so you would announce her first yeah so it's like ah. yeah i know there's so many different things that like they're like no 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 gus is the biggest white gay athlete that we're announcing we have we have six white gay athletes though i'm just like afraid honestly (laughs) it's just like i'm afraid to see what it is honestly because you know it's also already been being filmed it's not like they can adjust that no exactly like it's not like they can all of a sudden be like scrap the last six months of filming or whatever like it's just like we've talked about it so many times that there is a, a very obvious problem in the gay mm-hmm. male specifically community of racism mm-hmm. and I mean femme shaming is also in the yeah. l- queer women community yeah. but f- femme shaming and racism are two very prevalent problems that totally. my specific community always faces yeah it's just like there's no denying it 100% so it's like I just think of a show premise like this, and I'm like, this is just building into that. This is just yeah. building up the problem, you know? Totally. <laughs> Isn't it weird that, like, femme-shaming shaming kind of transcends so many different communities, which is such, like, to me, an obvious, just, like, it's just so obvious that toxic masculinity Knows no bounds. Knows no bounds. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't matter if you are 
like male, female, non-binary, whatever. I think because of the way society has instilled toxic masculinity within us, even little things like when when you're younger, it's cool to say like, oh, I hang out with the guys. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm a, such a tomboy. Like I'm a cool girl. Like guys like me. I play video games. And I'm not saying girls can't like to play video games, but that is a thing that happened when you were younger. It was like, you were cool if you were like one of the guys. Totally. And like... I feel like I'm not like other girls. Yeah, I'm not like other girls. Which I'm like, like, well, maybe we should all be more like, like other girls. Every girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like this weird thing that you think, speaking for my own community and myself even more, it, like with lesbians, you'd think that that would be the opposite because we're like sticking it to like lesbian by nature is gender non-conforming so you'd think that it would be like oh we're sticking it to the toxic masculinity like we don't even need men like we're dating women or like whatever it may be but instead you still see toxic masculinity be so prevalent within those relationships like sure we've removed the men but like the toxic masculinity remains strong. Yeah. you know like even when it comes to our representation like it's so frustrating that the cool girl character the cool lesbian or the one that like is the player that everyone chases or whatever always is be. always going to be androgynous <clears throat> or mask totally. presenting like I have never I cannot think of a single show where there was like two androgynous mask women like fighting over a um a like super femme female that was like and they were like crying about it oh she like wants to be with this person said no it's always pinned on this like androgynous like pretty toxic masculine masculinity character that makes no sense but you know what i mean oh we've talked about you know how that there's a weird subset of lesbian culture that's like a douchey bro Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, that's what the character is. It's like this douchey bro that is always androgynous or masculine presenting that like pulls all these femmes from their traditional heteronormative relationships to yeah. like chase this, this toxic douche that cheats on them. And that's like the cool person in the show and like never settling down and player. And it's just like, it's just gross. Like, can we get over that? Like, I think that's something that I definitely had to learn because it was like you instilled in me from a young age, like when I went on Tumblr, when I went on all these platforms and seeing like the girls that were getting the most follows or hits or people were saying they were hot were these were people that were presenting more androgynous or, you know, fell into that subset. Yeah. And then femmes, it was like they were just getting shamed all the time of like, oh, sure, you're a lesbian, like you're wearing a dress and you wear makeup and like, come on. And I still see that all over TikTok and like you've talked about in the gay community that femme shaming is so prevalent. And I'm just like, it's so fucking weird to me that it literally does not matter what community you're part of, like gender, sexuality, whatever it may be. Like we all fucking just shit on femmes. Like what's going on? Like what is going on? You know, for a community that talks about how much we hate men, (laughs) I'm saying that you and I, it sure goes back to still somehow weirdly putting masculinity on a pedestal. Yeah, because we're just, like, controlled by it. Like, I feel like it's just so instilled in us from the youngest age that we should be pleasing men, right? Like, oh, you want the guys to like you. Even even if you are a guy, you want to be one of the cool guys. Yeah. And it's, like, everything is centered around that. You're supposed to dress to impress men. You're supposed to, like... you're supposed to not be like too obnoxious like as a as a woman like to you know you're supposed to laugh at men's jokes even when they're not funny like it's just like you see that 
all the all the time in media like it's such a big problem of women not getting like complex characters and it's just I feel like it's instilled in us to a point that like is so subconscious yeah. that even when we think we're doing our damnedest to like stick it to the man still there it's still like we're like how like even if there's you take men completely out of the equation I, we're still like working within this toxic masculinity even if we take men out of the conclusion or out of the uh conversation we still hate women yeah (laughs) exactly yeah that's the problem like what is going on yeah so i am seeing like small shifts which is cool to see of like a lot of hype for some like hyper femme uh tiktok lesbians and all these things and i think that's cool that they're getting like hyped you found my tiktok yeah i found yours live now yeah yeah but it's it's just like the fact that that's rare the fact that i see it and i'm like oh that's great well, like that people are hyping her up and not questioning her sexuality is like that's nice yeah that's validating and even then though they still have to like make an obnoxious statement at the beginning of the tiktok that they are gay right for yeah. people to be and that's like, that that's the other battle yeah and then the and then the comments are all like oh my god like you don't look it and it's just it's just fucking stupid a never ending story it literally anyways gay guys wait first oh, okay, yeah, um sure. i have like I think one of the most important journeys mm-hmm. I had was when I realized that I didn't have to, and I was never going to be that fucking masculine no. guy. Yeah. I just I'm too faggy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just never in the cards for me. Oh my so, god. But one of my most important things that I mm-hmm. learned or taught myself or you know finally came to realize was that I could just do things I wanted to do, wear things I wanted to do or wanted to wear um, just because I like them. Yeah. Like for the longest time, I mean, I bit my nails for basically my entire life, Mm. but for the longest time I wanted to have long nails. Yeah. And there was no reasoning why. I just thought it looked fun to click clack on things. I just thought that it just looked, I like when people, I feel like it gives just hands very nice look. Yeah. Okay. And for the longest time I would never have let myself because that was just, Mm-hmm. too feminine yeah and then one day i got like acrylic nail extensions and i was that bitch and you're feeling it and i was so happy and i also realized that going to places like gay bars mm-hmm. i didn't care what i wore in the way that it would impress other people i wore right. outfits that i felt comfortable in mm-hmm. it could have been a little bit more feminine could have been a bit more masculine depending mm-hmm. on the day but when i realized that i was able to dress in a way that i didn't care what other people thought yeah and not i on the most days i wear a fucking hoodie and shorts it's not like i'm out here dressing very feminine all the Mm -hmm. time but i can and if i want to i will yeah yeah love that and i think that shows like this are not allowing people the space and freedom Mm -hmm. as specifically gay men Mm -hmm. uh to realize that there is uh multiple ways to be a gay male here's my concern with it is i can see like with a show like this, mm-hmm. it feeling very like I hate to use this comparison because I love this movie, but like Miss Congeniality transformation moment where they might 
for the purpose of the show focus more on like physical aspects right opposed opposed to like oh gay guide in the sense of like helping you feel comfortable coming out or feeling like centered within your identity and yourself and those are like important things to have like mentors in a sense like i think a lot of the reason i consume a lot of media that i do is because it makes me feel good about who i am and i relate to people's stories in the same way that some people listening to our podcast might feel like this podcast helps them that way right but i feel due to the casting and the way it was being represented it might be more like oh we're going shopping for colton's new shorts yeah and like how to dress like a cool gay guy and oh these are the cool gay guy you know what i mean like vibes and how to hit on a gay guy and like it's gonna feel very shallow i think oh totally and i just like that's the part that is like oh that's the part i fear every single part of this piece of media there's a lot but i wanted to talk about that in terms of gay guides because i feel like there i have both gay guides that looking back were very helpful to me and gay guides that looking back we're very much not okay yes finally i mean it is halfway through the second episode of gay guides so yeah i guess we let's should talk, talk about, about gay that. guides. so let's talk about the problems then who are your problematic gay guides okay so like i mean a big one that comes up because obviously there's people that i know in real life yes. and then there's also people that i don't know um so like a more problematic like character would be like Shane for the from the L word, right? Shane Dawson, yeah, very problematic gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that when I was younger, because that was like one of my first like pieces of like media that I consumed about it, uh about it. About you know about rep- gay. Yeah. <laughs> representing <laughs> lesbians. It like to me, because that show was very much centered around like Shane being the cool one, yeah. I think it instilled what I just, I won't repeat it, but what I just talked about, about like, you've got to be kind of like this hard shell person, don't let a lot of people in, don't be vulnerable, like femininity is, um, is lame, like you've got to be like, like a bro, you, like if you want to be cool, you have to dress certain way. You have to be very skinny. Like yeah. all these things that, like, looking back, were probably the fact that it. I think it set me back further than it helped me. Um, just because I think I was too young to maybe understand, as I think a lot of people consuming that show were, to understand that that was just a character within a span of characters. Like I'm not saying that shows can't have queer characters that yeah. are problematic because there's a lot of queer people that are problematic right yeah. so like you can't have everyone who's like a great role model on a show that would be boring as shit like it's a drama for a reason you have to have someone who's cheating we need drama <laughs> i think the way i perceived it when i was younger as like they were like this player and i'm sure it was written and kind of put on that way as well yeah. um that you were like almost rooting for that even though they were like an asshole like you wanted to be them still and i think that like set me back because i definitely think like and i'm sure if you talk to a lot of the people i dated when i was a lot younger um i definitely was not like vulnerable um i definitely like had a lot of walls up i think like i was very concise in my communication but like in almost a cold way yep like i feel like i lacked like empathy for how other people were feeling like it was good enough for me to be like you know i'd be like sleeping with 
people and I'd be like just so you know like I'm not interested in it going any farther and then we'd like sleep together and then they'd want more and I'd be like ugh so annoying yeah opposed to like having some empathy but for that's, them that's the model that you formed yourself after so. yeah and I was kind of like I was irritated by that I'm like I told you in two yeah, sentences so that I'm not interested like you're like stupid me. to like have feelings for me now like we already clarified yeah. this like I just feel like I was very like surface level and kind of cold hearted about it um, which is once again not to say that you're not allowed to have boundaries and like communicate but I also feel like I could have just been a little softer I think that's something I've gotten as I've gotten older is softness like I used to see softness this is soft is it, this, this is, is soft, me soft. this is me soft <laughs> no is when me when I was younger like um, yeah, and it's all relative, hundreds I guess. Hundreds of years ago. Yeah, hundreds of years ago. <laughs> I feel like I saw softness as, like, a poor weakness. trait. Like, weakness. Yes. So, like, as I've gotten older, like, embracing my softness, it's yeah. brought me so much more value and connections in life. And I think that that was something I was definitely lacking, lacking just because of the, like cool bro lesbian stereotype that I was seeing, like, represented. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so I think, and that goes with some people that when I was younger would see on social media and stuff too, as being like the cool people. So I have a similar kind of feel okay. in, this, in the way that I felt like I couldn't be soft. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely used humor as a shield. Yes. <laughs> um, and was definitely, I think growing up was very soft. Right. Very well-mannered always. My mother gave me a comb over. I, mm -hmm. I was very pleasant. <laughs> so then as I started to come out, I built a wall up. Yeah. And I think, not blaming this on it, but I think uh, one of my gay guides, well, two of them come from the same show, is Glee, shockingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I was Kurt. <laughs> but besides his relationship with Blaine, yeah. I didn't really relate to Kurt as a character. Right. For the most part. We had very different, like, coming outs. Well, I yeah. guess his dad was also supportive of him coming out. Mm -hmm. But we just had different experiences. Yeah. And he definitely pushed the envelope of femininity in high school. Things like that mm -hmm. I couldn't relate to doing because I hadn't done those. Yes. So I related to him in some way I did things like him you know making very like bold fashion choices I think that inspired me later on right because I was like he honestly was just dressing for himself yes. which I found very inspiring mm -hmm. but that was more when I rewatched as an adult because rewatching as an adult I relate to Kurt right. so annoying but I'm also very annoying <laughs> but um there's definitely elements of him that I relate to more mm -hmm. as an adult looking back Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. But at the same time, the person that I related to the most on the show, which is funny because she was a woman of color, yeah. um, was Santana. Right, yeah. Uh, Naya Rivera, which my boyfriend was so confused as to why I was, like, absolutely heartbroken over her death. Like, right. I literally bawled yeah. my eyes out. Yeah. And I think it's because I related to her character so much, which mm -hmm. is so weird because I know that I'm not a woman or a person but of color. But I can kind of see that for you, like... I don't know. I think the thing that really, like, I was angry for a long time. Yeah. Like, I was angry about coming out. Yes. And I had all of this built up, like, wall, and that I think is such a big part of her character. Yes, totally. Um, was that she built up this wall. She 
used her words like viciously and mm-hmm. unnecessarily, but you understand why, you know, yeah, like she's totally. been kind of backed into her corner her whole life. Yeah. And that's what I related to. And mm-hmm. looking back now, I was like, oh, I really see that for my younger self. Yeah. Like I used comedy to like take yeah. people down. I always had a wall up, totally, you know, yeah. I lashed out at people. Yeah. And it's just so wild that the character that I related to so much is like somebody that I mean, is I think it was also a queer person being played by a straight actress. I don't know if Naya totally. Rivera was queer, but yeah. um, I'm not going to guess on that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's so wild that like that is a character that I, mm-hmm. yeah, at the time, this is the wild thing as well. Yeah. At the time, I loved her and couldn't figure out why. I was like, oh, because right. she's sassy, she's bitchy, you know, it's yeah. all that. But once again, looking back as an adult, I'm, I'm like, like, whoa, oh. I see so many similarities yeah. to feelings I had. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And that's the thing with me, too, looking back hindsight to the L word. Like, yeah. there were so many characters that, as a younger person, I did not appreciate. Yeah. Because, honestly, I probably, when I was younger, either didn't think they were hot or that they right type of hot of what I thought a lesbian was supposed to look like or like my own insecurities in myself showed up in them so I like almost didn't like those characters because I'm like I'm not that kind of lesbian that is literally you know why I, mean? I hated Kurt yeah I had so much internalized too. homophobia same. about fucking Kurt Hummel because same. I knew at the end of the day I was Kurt same, same. isn't that wild same it's funny because even that was like me with like Alice who now is like my absolute favorite character on the L word yeah. like she was always like kind of represented as like this person who like she just cared a lot about her relationships and she'd be like heartbroken and devastated and she was like always trying to like people please and she wanted people to like her and think that she was cool and there was this whole storyline of like which is that's a whole other subset of problematic but like at the beginning of the series she um was bi and then they kind of just like forgot about that later on they didn't even like write it out in a story it just like all of a sudden she wasn't bi anymore it was like weird but anyways (laughs) yeah forget forget that (laughs) but like I just remember being like, oh, she's not as cool. Like, she dressed not as, like, androgynous, and she was, like, the funny character, right? Everyone yeah. thought she was funny, but, like, no one was, like... No one wants to be the funny character. No, you want to be the yeah. hot character. <laughs> no one was like, oh, my God, like, Alice. Like, if only I could date Alice. Like, there wasn't that. And looking back, I'm like, I saw so much of myself in Alice. Like, at the time I was watching this, like, when I first found the L word, I was dating a guy. Yeah. And I literally, my own internalized at the time, I know I'm not bi, but, like, biphobia of, like, how can I date a guy? And then now I'm questioning my sexuality. And as we all know on this podcast, at first I came out as bi. And... I was, like, I feel like I was, like, the funny friend. Like, I was always, like, I wanted to make people laugh. I wanted people to, like, feel good and, like, uh, supported. And I just feel like a lot of those things... And, like, I really cared, like, when relationships would end and stuff. Like, I would... Or, like, if I got in a fight with a friend, like, I would be devastated. Like, I couldn't just, like, be cold and, like, put that off to the side. Like, I was very emotional... All these things. And I saw all those things as weakness. I saw those things as, like, not the cool person. So, at the time, I remember being like, this character's fucking annoying. And, like, I don't get this character. And I thought Shane was just, like, the coolest. And now, looking back, I'm like, all of my insecurities of who I was and why I couldn't be a lesbian and, like, what people would say about me because I've dated a guy or because of, you know, I'm just, like, not androgynous and, like, super skinny. Like, all these different things. I 
put on that character because yeah. I wanted to be perceived as something else. Yes. And then as I get older, I'm like, everything that I liked about Shane sucks. Like, no one yeah. wants to be friends with that no, person or date no, that no. person. <laughs> like, the, those are the people that, like, break people's hearts. And, like, it's not, like, cute and funny when it's not on TV. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's real and it's shitty. And it's, like, people want to date people that care like an Alice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, it's I've had a very similar experience with that because then watching it back, even, like, the first original series later in life, I was like, Alice is fucking awesome. Yeah. And Isn't it wild? The rewatch really fucks you. The rewatch really fucks you. Because <laughs> but in a good way. Sometimes. Because you realize, like, all your internalized homophobia, like, yeah. jumping out when you're younger. And, like, also just the, the nature of when you're younger just wanting to fit into a box of what you think other people like. Well, like, you're seeing Shane as the popular character yeah, and you're so saying, like, how okay. can I adjust my life so that I am the Shane popular character of my 100%, life? 100%. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like it, very similar for me. And then in real life, like when it comes to like gay guides, I honestly, um, I did not know anybody that was out and was identified as a woman yeah like I, I didn't know anybody I knew from growing up dancing like a couple guys that had come out as either bi or gay and there was like maybe one guy in my grade in high school that I don't even remember if he was like out but it was like this is once again shitty to say but like fairly obvious yeah. to everybody right. you know like yeah. he's very flamboyant flamboyant in the way he's dressed like I don't think he ever said anything but it wasn't a secret right. like put it yes, that way yes, yes. um so I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to about it or, like, had any way to even find gay woman friends. Like, and I see that a lot in my DMs these days and people being really frustrated by it. And, like, how do I just, like, even meet my first, like, queer friend? Like, I don't know how to do this. And, like, I sympathize with that oh because I just remember feeling, like... How the hell do these people There's find no each other? There's no other gay people in my city. And now I I'm like, I don't know anybody but gay yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, but I remember gay literally Gay people and parents, that. that's all I Like, have. I was like, I'm the only one, yeah. which is so weird to think about now. And I've told the story on the podcast before of me being at the Bourbon Country Bar with all of my friends and literally, like, Google mapping, like, lesbian bar and walking, like, 10 blocks only to find that it had shut down, like, 10 years prior. Yeah. But, like, by myself in the pouring fucking rain just because I was so desperate. I was like, I'm just going to walk into a bar by my fucking self at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm literally going alone. Going in bar And back. I'm just going to, I'm just, <laughs> hell yeah. And I'm just going to pretend that my friends are in the washroom or outside smoking. And I'm just going to go just in gonna there. I'm just going to be looking just, for my friends all night. <laughs> literally. Like, where are they? Can't find them. Can't find <laughs> Like, literally. I was that desperate at yeah. that point that I was like, I just, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to find a, a queer friend. Yeah. And, Unfortunately, like, in a lot of ways, like, I think that I didn't really have anyone, like, even talking to Julia, my girlfriend, like, she grew up with a lot of queer women around her that she met through, like, sports and stuff. Yeah. So, I did just didn't have that. I just, I'm not saying only, like, gay women only, that's the only place you find them is playing sports. But I, she just happened to naturally come across other people that identified the way she was. So, she had, like, from a quite a young age, like, high school age, like, a group of, like, queer women friends. And that happens for some people. But people like me, like, literally, I don't think I started getting like other queer women friends until I was like maybe like 2021 20, right and I had come out years prior yeah so it's like 
I, I just, I genuinely, even once I started telling my friends that I was into women, I, I just went years without having, like, I've, I went to straight bars with my guy friends and then hoped a straight girl would make out with me. Yeah. Or in a lot of cases, they'd go home with me. Yeah. I didn't know that there was queer spaces to be had. I didn't even, I didn't even have an outlet, which is why I think, like, gay guides to a certain extent are so important because I would have killed to have one friend that I could have that could have told me where these fucking parties were at. Yeah. Because I spent so many years just in these, like, weird, like, half relationships. I wouldn't even call them relationships, but, like, just with, like, straight girls that I was just kind of their, like, trial. (laughs) Because I didn't have... I didn't have any way to know where to go. Yeah. And even now, like, that's why when it was happening, I do my, like, pride guide every year for Vancouver because a lot of the things that happen for queer women or just not cis men are not, like, brick-and-mortar spots. So, like, even with Googling, trust me, I was fucking desperately Googling, where the fuck do I go? And I literally couldn't find anything. Holes near me. (laughs) Anywhere. Gay women holes near me. (laughs) And I couldn't find anything. Like, I literally did not know where to go, and it was like... It's like hot MILFs in your area, and you're like, that'll, (laughs) honestly, that'll do. That will do. (laughs) Anything. So, yeah, so I had a weirder experience when it came to finding queer friends honestly eventually i just started going with one of my straight once i finally found some information on where to go the first place that i found of where to go was an old bar that has since shut down called the cobalt that hosted monthly man-ups which um like predominantly queer women or non-binary crowd and I didn't have anyone to go with, so I my straight friend just went with me, and yeah. she would just go with me, which she's such a dream for doing that. And eventually, like she we would get like an hour into the night, and she'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna cab home," and she'd just leave me there alone. I still didn't have any friends. I just fucking partied alone. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like I don't have friends yet. And then eventually, through doing that, and you honestly, just being like obnoxious in. Which I feel for people that are not extroverted, because at least I could walk into that space and just go introduce myself to people. Yeah. Right? Whether it was, like, in a friendly way or, like, hitting on someone, I I am able to just walk up and talk to people. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Unfortunately for (laughs) For a lot of people that get stuck in those conversations. Yeah, 100%. But... I think especially since Vancouver is not typically a type of crowd for that. Yeah, it's shocking. It's like I really had to put myself out there to be able to like make some friends. Oh my and then god, I talking s- to people in Vancouver is a nightmare. Oh, trying to go out like, to a what? bar. I'm like, bitch, I just I'm wanna, saying hello. Yeah. Like what the fuck? People literally get weird about I'm like, it. I'm distracting you while my friend robs you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like you walk up to a group, I'm like, why are we all here then? Why are yeah. hundreds of us in the same why aren't you just at just home in your home. living room yeah. with your four friends if that's the only people you want to fucking talk to yeah. tonight? I do think we were also at a weird time that we were kind of in the in-between for gay guides. Like, we didn't have as many resources and shows and and diversity that we could find ourselves. I mean, I found Kurt, but I didn't realize (laughs) it. But, you know, I, I, I am hopeful, and I know there is more in terms of gay guides now. Well, people have Colton and Gus. Exactly. (laughs) So right. And for, for me, which I think we've addressed this, but, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my gay guides weren't queer. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of my gay guides were villains because I identified so much in like Jennifer's body, Mm -hmm. like Cruella, like people that I've tattooed on me. I identified so much in like villainous women because 
almost all the time, villainous women are portrayed so femininely as well mm-hmm. because that is what we vilify. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so many of my gay guides were just like women that were so feminine and mm-hmm. didn't apologize for it and then were villainized because yes. of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was like, honestly, like that I think was a big factor in me realizing that I could be feminine and actually let it happen because I was yeah. like, these people are doing it and they are, just don't give a fuck. I love that. Yeah. So I'm you know what the other thing uh, I just thought about while you're saying that? My real life gay guides, if I really like push for it, like yes, I had been out and like, going to these fucking <laughs> yes, yes <it's> Russell. <laughs> and going to these bars like alone, yeah, <laughs> like, and, like a loser. But like honestly, I shouldn't even say like a loser because it, it got me friends eventually. There is no like a loser. Like you know, you almost just yeah. have to do it. Like I, there's no shame in the game of just trying to find a queer circle, right? Yeah. Like it was important to me. I needed it for my fucking mental health. I was like, even if I look literally nuts walking up to random people and introducing myself and being like, hey, I'm looking for fucking friends i'm gonna do it because i need fucking friends yeah but once i was in this kind of like space and like started dating people unfortunately for me i think a lot of my like queer guides in a sense were some of the first people that i dated yeah because they had been on the scene a lot longer than me so they had like a lot more friends and then also because of that I didn't really have a lot of representation of like healthy queer women relationships. Yeah, so when Shane. so when they were being like toxic to me, like some of my first girlfriends, I just thought that's the way lesbian relationships were because people would always be like, "Oh, lesbians." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, which unfortunately is true a lot of the time. But like, I just thought that was like part of the shtick. Like, oh, we all like end up dating each other's best friends, and we all like get cheated on and we all like all these things or like of course they're still talking to their ex behind my back like lesbians you know and it's just like you learn a lot when you're thrown into the fire that's for sure yeah like I felt like I would and I think that looking back that's why those relationships lasted as long as they did and I put up with it because they were my access to queer friends and queer spaces so like I was like I finally have like an in like I'm dating a girl this is something I've wanted for like ever and this girl has friends or knows where to go and like you know so it was more than just breaking up with that person it was like oh then I'm gonna go back to being that person at the bar without anyone to be with her with but I'm also sure that if you thought that Shane was the the pinnacle yes, queer that's other woman thing. and then you were treated like Shane treats people I'm you like, probably I'm started Carmen yeah, here. I'm Carmen <laughs> probably started to realize yeah. that that wasn't the goal anymore a hundred percent so yeah looking back it is a shame but I think like a lot of us when we're you know just coming out or finding our space in a and getting a queer family or community around us like unfortunately we put up with a lot of shit just because we're like even if those friends or those relationships are maybe not the best it's like you almost go into this weird like survival mode of I'll take what I can get yeah because like I finally just have people around me that like identify in a similar way or maybe understand what I'm going through so even though they're maybe not the best friend for me or the best fit as a relationship like it's something yeah and I'm not saying you should settle for that in fact I'm saying the opposite but I understand why that happens a lot I think in younger queer relationships whether they're platonic or not is just because you're like I went my whole life thinking that no one was like me and then I found people that were like me so even if they weren't the best people I was just excited that I had someone yeah you want to you want to hold on to something that you've never had before yeah <laughs> even if it's 
something you should be letting go of. Like, fuck, I, I walked blocks from the bourbon to find yeah. this for years. Yeah. And here she is, cheating on me. Yeah. <laughs> here she is, cheating on me in an alley outside. <laughs> the romance I've always fought uh, for. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, well, on that note, gay guides. Um, part two. Yeah. Part two. Um, a reminder that we are doing our first Zoom patron hangout. It's going to be a trivia night with Sean and I and all of our patrons Thursday at 7 p.m. So if you want to join in on that, all you have to do is go to Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast and what click is the Thursday, link to the bio. The 29th? I don't know. I feel like numbers. you should provide a day. That would probably oh, be more helpful. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Let's see here. It is the 29th. Yes. Okay. Thursday the 29th at 7 p.m. PST. That's of Vancouver April. You're being time. so vague. On oh this. my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> April 29, 2021. Yeah. 7 PST. PST. Um, and if you are from the future, then there's probably another one coming up soon because we're gonna try and do this more. Connect with all of our patrons unless it's two years in the future and i am dead but oh will probably be zooming still <laughs> yeah it'll be fun invite your friends tell your friends that listen to the podcast this is happening we'd love to see you all join make a fun night out of it get a little crew going so yeah at i can explain podcast on instagram link in bio and all you have to do is become a patron and then a message will be sent out to all of you um in the next couple days and um what else am i supposed to say oh yeah tiktok at i can explain podcast also personally on instagram and tiktok at sean.lusk and at brian williamson and until next time we will see you around the neighborhood and oh jesus oh yeah i think that's still (laughs) considered the neighborhood